0: there i'm sarah your natural endometriosis expert welcome to my podcast this is the place to be for information advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally i've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and i've been running my own therapy business since 2008 helping others to do the same if you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. So today we are going to talk about the issue of fertility and endometriosis. And this is probably the theme around endo that I am most passionate about. This is the theme around endo that I get most despondent about and most angry about because I think it's the the most damaging rhetoric that we are given around endo endo maybe second to the rhetoric that you can't feel better but this is pretty much up there when i was preparing for this podcast i googled fertility and endometriosis and i was told by pretty much every website in fact it was every website bar one that i looked at um told me that i would either struggle to get pregnant with endometriosis or it would be unlikely that i would get pregnant with endometriosis And that simply isn't true. And it is so, so damaging just because when we are trying to get pregnant, when we are trying to conceive, stress and anxiety is one of the most damaging things that you can be going through when you're trying to conceive. I mean, we all have heard stories of people who've been trying to conceive, sometimes even for years, and then they give up trying, they stop thinking about it, and suddenly baby appears. That's because stress and anxiety is probably the worst natural contraception. It messes with your hormones in such a way that conception is incredibly difficult if you are stressed. If you want to have a baby and you're told that you can't have one, that causes untold stress and anxiety. Incredible emotional upheaval on your body and that all impacts massively on your emotions. So please, if you only take one thing from that podcast, please take that actually endometriosis does not necessarily impact on your ability to have a child. If we look at the stats, now I know you can make stats say anything you want, you can make stats back up any argument you have. But if you look at the, the, the actual conception rates between the general populace, And people with endometriosis, there isn't that much difference. There certainly isn't the difference that we'd expect to see in a condition where people are telling you you are unlikely to get pregnant. So in 2018, the general populace conception rate was between 80 and 90 percent in the UK. Now, I'm aware that that includes people with endometriosis. But in general, in the UK, conception rates were between 80 and 90 percent. When you look at people with endometriosis, conception rates drop to between 70 and 80%. That is not a massive difference. That's not a huge difference at all. So please, I mean, if you were entering into any other thing where they say, okay, your your chances of success are between 70 and 80%, you'd probably more than likely take that chance, depending on what depending on what the activity was. But they are not bad success rates at all. So please don't think that just because you have end, have endo, you can't have, have children. I have had so many conversations over the years that that really haven't changed even now. People even saying to me, oh, my friend has endometriosis, so she can't have children. It's like it goes hand in hand. I've got endo. I don't think I'll be able to have kids. Why is that? Oh, just because I've got endo. Okay. Doesn't necessarily follow. What is true is that the more severe your endometriosis has, the chances of you struggling to get pregnant could be increased. Again, it's not a given, but stats do bear fruit that the more severe your endo is, the longer it can take you to conceive. And I'll talk you through why that is. Um, But again, it's not a given that you can't have children just because you've got stage four endometriosis or sort of deeply infiltrating endo. It all depends on what your endo looks like and where it is in terms of how it impacts your fertility. The good thing is that once you have that label of endometriosis, you're fast-tracked in the UK for fertility um, specialist treatment. So, and again, this changes from postcode to postcode, so it's worth speaking to your GP if you are thinking about um, pregnancy. But generally speaking, in the UK, you have to wait around two years of trying to conceive before you're eligible for specialist um, specialist tests, IVF support, that kind of thing. With endometriosis, that can be as little as six months. So do bear that in mind. That's one of the benefits of the of the of the rhetoric. They assume you're going to struggle, so they've put in place things to help. Doesn't necessarily mean you will, but let's take advantage. There are many, many disadvantages to endometriosis especially in the healthcare system this is one of the good things so six months as soon as you are starting to try to conceive go and tell your doctor that that's what you are doing because that's when the clock starts ticking so if you tell your doctor today that you are trying to conceive with endometriosis you should then have six months to conception if that doesn't work then the the pathway for um, for further diagnosis and treatment can commence Not that you'll necessarily need it. Don't believe the rhetoric that you'll need it. But it's always nice to have that kind of safety net. So why is fertility impacted by endometriosis? The first thing is it isn't necessarily. It can be just the same as anybody can be impacted by infertility. The two main reasons. Well, there's three main reasons. The first reason, I suppose, is the mindset issue. So, if you believe you're not going to get pregnant, especially like I say, if you want to get pregnant, that's going to cause all sorts of upset. Your hormones will be all over the place because of the stress and the anxiety. So, that's probably one of the main reasons that we struggle to get pregnant is that that's because we don't believe we can. I was told that very thing when I was diagnosed. Um, I believed it. To be honest, they only told me that when they were pushing for me to have a hysterectomy. Um, so, I should have kind of thought about it a little bit more than I did at the time. But actually, what they said was completely wrong. I had my stats done later on in life. And actually, there is no reason why I couldn't have had a baby in all of those years. So don't believe the rhetoric. If you do want to have a baby, go and get the tests, find out exactly what your circumstances are. Because If you just go on the fact that they're telling you you're going to be more unlikely to have a baby, the stress and the anxiety the impact of that on your hormones, it's almost becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So understand the reality first. So the two main physical reasons that endometriosis could impact on your fertility. The first one is the deeply infiltrating endo. So I should say in the UK, we still use the grading system. So grades one to two seem to have absolutely no impact on your fertility journey at all. The impact on fertility only seems to happen around stage three and four. But again, if you've got stage three and four, don't assume that you're going to struggle getting pregnant. Even stage three to four or endometriosis has a 75% chance of success with pregnancy. That's 60% natural the rest with IVF support or enhanced conception support. But that's still a big success number. So don't assume that just because you've got stage four endo, you can't get pregnant because like I say, 75% success rate with stage three or four. But the problems we get with deeply infiltrating endo and with the cysts are predominantly what's going to impact on our fertility. So for example, in order for the egg to become a baby, it needs a clear passage. It needs a clear passage from the follicle, from the ovary, down through the tubes, down to your uterus. So it needs that passage to be clear. If you've got a massive amount of scar tissue on your ovaries, then that can impact on that journey. So understanding whether your tubes are blocked is the first thing to do. In not every case, the scar tissue results in blocked ovaries. But that's one of the things that can impact. The other thing is the cyst. Now, most women that I've worked with on this journey who have cysts, it's not actually the cyst that's blocking the tube. But what can happen with the cysts is when we get cysts with endometriosis, they are filled with the kind of toxic gunk that can come out of us at the end of our period. You know, that kind of quite small, strong smelling, greyish, brownish gunk for want of a better word that's what i call it with my clients not not particularly specific not particularly scientific but it's gunk so the chocolate cysts our endometriomas are filled with this gunk and that in terms of chinese medicine that's textbook stagnation it's kind of that that damp toxicity um um result that's happening so if you think about it in terms of water if you think about a stream that's got a blockage in it and you start to see all the water going a little bit stagnant it starts to get a little bit thicker it starts to get darker in color if water has a color but it starts to get a little bit thicker things just aren't moving leaves and stuff are getting leaves and things are getting stuck in it and it's just getting a little bit toxic that's exactly the same as what's happening in our cysts so our cysts are kind of sitting holding this fluid that's just gradually getting more and more toxic now it's not getting toxic to a level where it's going to cause sepsis or anything like earth shattering like that but what it is doing is impacting on the systems that are happening around it so where your egg is trying to grow where sorry where the follicles are trying to grow where your egg is trying to develop it's impacting on the quality of that egg so even though that egg may be free to travel on its little journey the quality of it means that it may not get beyond the implantation stage. So they're the two major reasons why um, physically endometriosis could impact on the fertility. It's blocking the journeys, the eggs journey, and it's impacting on the quality of the egg that you're getting. The number of the eggs pretty well pretty much everything you can ascertain through blood tests and through tests that your doctor can give you the one thing that they can't currently give you is the quality of the eggs that you're producing so do everything you can to maximize the quality of the egg so there are there may be um there should be it's not a good word should but i'm going to say it in this instance there should be an offer of um surgery if you want to if you have cysts, if you have the chocolate cysts to remove the cysts, that should massively impact on your egg quality. And similarly, think about ablation surgery, if there's a lot of deeply infiltrating, but just be mindful of the possible consequences of that surgery. But it has been shown to to impact on people. Now, again, it could be a physical thing. So you kind of get your tubes unblocked. Also, there's an element of the mindset thing here. So a lot of people kind of think they have the surgery and then they think right fab i've had the surgery i will be able to get pregnant now and that mindset shifts so do whatever you can to improve that mindset and to improve your your chances either surgery or naturally So again, in terms of generic information, now this is not, as I say quite often, this is not information that's designed for you specifically as an individual, because I don't know how your endometriosis manifests. I don't know what symptoms you're having. But in terms of general advice to maximize your fertility, I would say three things. One, minimize your stress and anxiety do whatever you need to do to stay calm, to take the stress and anxiety away. Don't get hung up on your pregnancy journey. I know it's really difficult, but try to relax. Try to live a stress-free life as you can for the duration of time that you are trying to conceive. Number two, the food that you are eating. So minimize processed food. And to be honest, this is the same, pretty much the same advice in terms of diet as I would give anybody with endometriosis. But try to maximise natural food, organic food. Eat seasonally. Our bodies are still conditioned to eat certain types of food different seasons. So in the winter, stay clear of salads, eat things like stews and casseroles. And in the summer, try and eat lighter seasonal food. Food like cucumber and tomato is actually cooling. And what we want to do when we're trying to conceive is to preserve that kidney energy. So we like to eat nice, warming foods. We don't want the body cooling too much. So if it's winter, the body's already kind of a little bit cooler um, in terms of Chinese medicine. So we want to be eating warming, nurturing foods. Root vegetables. If you eat meat, try to stick to organic meat. Try to limit your meat intake a little bit. But when you're eating, it's better to eat less meat, but good quality meat than it is to have a lot of sort of the cheaper mass produced meat. So eat seasonally, eat organically, eat good quality meat. If you're plant based, then and this is controversial, but if you're plant based, then try and stay away steer away from the manufactured plant-based foods so things like tofu and things like that try and steer away from them and stick to um, whole grains lentils vegetables natural stuff that hasn't been processed the more natural the food the better it is for your conception journey and then the third bit of general advice I can give is um, stay hydrated so 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 important in terms of your fertility journey to keep everything lush and plump and hydrated the more hydrated you are the better our systems work the easier the passage of the egg will be the more voluptuous your womb lining will be um the easier the transitions will be. So basically everything's on a cycle. Your hormones are on a cycle. Everything works on such a thin balance and that balance is improved if everything's working better and everything works better when it's hydrated. So there's other things you can do as well. Acupuncture's fabulous. Acupressure, reflexology. These are all the things that I go through with my clients and I would urge you if you are trying to conceive to explore as many of these as you can. Acupuncture is well known for its benefits. Reflexology as well is a beautiful treatment that can really help with with fertility and conception. Anything as well that's relaxing you, that's giving you general well-being. Exercise and movement is so important. Keep things moving as much as you can. Gentle movements if you're not into hit. In fact, a lot of people say that high intensity stuff is bad for you when you're trying to conceive. It all depends on what you normally do. I'm giving you way more than three here, but it all depends on what you normally do. So if your body is used to three or four sessions of high intensity aerobic exercise a week then stick to that don't be changing anything massively but if you're not into exercise then do start moving a bit more because keeping movement flowing is essential again if you're going to 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 maximize your chance of of conception so go for gentle walks do some qigong um yoga if you want but i will always advocate not always but i will mostly advocate qigong over yoga especially if you're not into if you if you don't do anything like that on on an ordinary basis so move as much as you can get out into nature connect with nature get plenty of fresh air eat seasonal eat organic um, and stay hydrated and that will maximize your chance of of conception if you want detailed um, advice specific to yourself as well then like i say contact somebody who can help you who can go through your symptoms who can talk through exactly what you've got going on but please do not think that just because you've got endometriosis your fertility will be impacted because that is not necessarily the case if you are trying to conceive best of luck i wish you every luck and every happiness on your journey and please do let me know how you get on thank you for listening to today's podcast If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or, for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources, as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.